For our meditation this morning, we're going to be looking at uh, Psalm 19, uh, verse 13 specifically. So if you'd like to turn in the word, in your word to Psalm 19. About four weeks ago, we looked at verse 12. So just to recall a little bit about that, uh, David asked this question. He asked this question, who can understand his errors? Who can understand his sins and the greatness of his sins? Who can understand his errors? And then he said, he prayed, cleanse me from secret faults. That's verse 12. Cleanse me from secret faults. David asked the Lord to cleanse him from secret faults and to cleanse him from the many ways uh, that he sins. And he's not even aware of it, which he called secret. And in the closing verses of Psalm 139, several weeks ago, I shared how David uh, was asking the Lord to search his heart. He began the, the psalm that way, and he ended it that way. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Uh, because he knew it was so deceptive, and it was so corrupt, and he couldn't even understand his own heart because of the depravity of sin uh, in his life, in, in all of us. And we heard then that the word alone, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We cannot do that without his grace and his word and his spirit. Now, verse 13 says, David, again, is praying. He says, keep back your servant. In other words, kind of hold me back. I, I don't want to go down that path. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. So he's talking about two kinds of sins, secret sins and presumptuous sins. And uh, of those two, Matthew Henry uh, talked uh, this way. He said, secret sin, or he called it ignorant sin. Ignorant sin is a stepping stone to presumptuous sin. And of presumptuous sin... Uh, well, so David was asking basically here uh, for cleansing and for forgiveness uh, for secret sins. And then he prays that the Lord would keep him from presumptuous sins. Alexander Cruden said this, David prays that God would keep him back from presumptuous sins, from known and evident sins, such as proceed from the choice of the perverse will against the enlightened mind, which are committed with deliberation, with design, resolution and eagerness against the checks of conscience and the motions of God's spirit. Such sins are direct rebellion against God, a despising of his command, and they provoke his pure eyes. So that is the definition of presumptuous sins, that which is willful. And he prayed of those, let them not have dominion over me. Now David prayed uh, that these sins, not so much the ones of ignorance, but these of uh, when his active will was committed to sin, that they would not have dominion over him, that they would not overwhelm him. And in the Lord's Prayer, when we do that together, when you do that, we are also asking the Lord to keep us from uh, sin and from the evil one. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Uh, so David wanted to be uh, blameless and holy and right before God and innocent of great transgression. And he knew what great, great transgression was, of course. He's a murderer. He's an adulterer. Uh, and he knew that only the holy God could free him from the dominion of sin over him. In Psalm 119, he, he prayed, Direct my steps by your word, and let no iniquity have dominion over me. Let no iniquity have dominion over me. So he knew how destructive sin was, how it sought to dominate him. But by the Spirit's direction of his steps by the word of God, it can be weakened and it can be resisted. And regarding uh, this dominion of sin, in Romans uh, 6, Paul, Paul wrote, 
Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, in other words, though you were dominated by sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you have, you have become slaves of righteousness. So to be free from the dominion of sin, from slavery to sin, we must become slaves, but slaves of righteousness. We are slaves of the most loving and merciful master. We are either dominated by sin or by God's grace we recognize and we submit to his authority and to the law of the Lord Jesus. And then we can serve him with joy. And verse 13 concludes here, then I shall be blameless. I shall be innocent of great transgression. That was his desire, to be blameless. In Psalm 32, he wrote, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. So our merciful and forgiving Heavenly Father has accepted the payment of his son for our sin, and he's freed us from its dominion. Our sin is covered, and we are blessed because the Lord's righteousness has been imputed to us, and our sin was placed upon him, imputed to him, and now the Spirit, through the word, is sanctifying and weakening sin's power in us. Praise God. So each week, as we come to the table, we are reminded in this communion with him that we have been forgiven by the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus for us, by his blood shed for us, by his body broken for us. We have died to sin. Sin no longer has dominion over us. We've been set free from sin in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are now, brothers and sisters in Christ, slaves of righteousness. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we rejoice in our salvation. And we praise you for redeeming us from the penalty of our sin and for giving us grace and your law and the Spirit to enable us to live for righteousness more and more and to sin less and less and not be dominated by it. Lord, direct our steps by your precious word and let no iniquity have dominion over us. Keep us back from presumptuous sins. And may we be thankful and faithful slaves of righteousness and servants of the Most High God. And we ask all this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.